in the early morning rain With a dollar in my head With a naked in my heart In my pockets full of sand I'm a long way from home Lord, I miss my loved one's soul To go out on the runway number nine, big 707 set to go, and I'm stuck here in the grass with a pain that ever grows. This is Melissa, and today is the 21st of May 2023, and that was Gordon Lightfoot. I wasn't aware, but a listener let me know that Gordon Lightfoot passed away on May the 1st at the age of 84. He was a Canadian singer-songwriter of Scottish descent, and Alan used that little bit of a clip at the beginning of this blurb, which is from November 30, 2006, and it is is entitled Culture Creation, Familiarity, and Cogs Who Like the Wheel. Cutting out just a little bit, a couple of the songs that he used, one in the middle and one at the end, and the funny thing is, is that this was late November, there was an ice storm. He was talking about geoengineering. He picked a song to begin with that was about rain, and he picked a song to end with that was about rain. And as I am recording this, there is a thunder and uh, lightning and rainstorm going on. So if you hear cracks in the distance, that's what that is. The bit I cut out, Alan was talking about geoengineering. He talked about that quite a bit, and he said, if the media remains totally silent on this, that you can see overhead every day, how can you expect them to tell you the truth about anything? He also talked a little bit about how it was draining Um, I don't think he meant this in any kind of a a mean-spirited way, but he said it was draining sometimes to talk one-on-one with people who were just waking up because he said it's like coming back from outer space to explain a speck of dust. And he didn't mean, you know, each individual one-on-one, but to go through this repetitively. What he was saying was that he spent a lot of time on the phone sometimes morning and morning until night and he didn't even have time to eat and he said why why kill myself to do this and he was talking about the 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 miracle is when an individual can break through their programming and one has to ask themselves why why them and not somebody else and he said that that answer is for the individual questioner, but his own thoughts on that were very interesting. And I thought, why me? And why still do I do what I'm doing? And of course I do it because I think that um, Alan's work was life-changing for me, and I always want that to be available for other people. But it's also because 
for me, Alan's talks were about freedom, about being free to see things from my own unique perspective. And I found that to be incredibly liberating. Alan makes the point that this journey of coming into consciousness that maybe it is not for everyone. And he cautions against labeling yourself a conspiracy theorist. And it's funny because today someone sent me a short clip, which I think I'll put up. And they said, oh, Alan talked about Nick, Nick Beggage and mind control and devices to control the mind. They... There was a newscaster somewhere in the west coast of the U.S., and I think the year was 2000 that the piece was on the air. And they were interviewing different people who were saying that they had been targeted for this kind of electronic warfare. And I know that part of the story, part of the visual that I was seeing, was planned that way by the news producers, that they would show you people who were actually wearing tinfoil hats. But Alan's point that he was making in this talk is, why is it when you wake up to this information, that it, why is it so important for you that you make everyone else see things the way that you see them? And there's that rush of going out and telling people, oh, well, you know why this is happening, and you know why that is happening, and you know who's doing this, and it completely overwhelms them, and, and they think you're mad. And he said, really, the journey is your own life, your own experiences. And he said a lot of people can't get there because they are unable to analyze their own behavior their own responses and reactions to what they see. And this is even people who have, say, broken through to level one. I've, I've seen this myself with my own eyes, listeners, longtime listeners to Alan's talks who still need it to be a group thing. They need to go into Walmart and yell at someone yell at them about their masking policy, but they never ask themselves why they think it's okay to terrorize a cashier. He said, people will rationalize and justify everything they do because of their ego. It's always someone else's fault. And he said that the system depends on that. It depends on that reaction from people. In other words, the elite, these evil people who plan and implement this down through the generations, they count on all the way down the line. It's not just the compliance, but it's the human nature thing that seems to be a part of human nature that just wants to point and say, it's them, they're doing this. And Alan said, everything, it's every kind of behavior, every possible human behavior, each of us are capable of doing. That is the microcosm. 
And until you can see that in yourself and recognize that in yourself, you are at level one. And it doesn't matter how much you can spout about the Royal Institute of International Affairs or Bernays or Carl Quigley, it doesn't matter. Getting beyond that is the part where you look at yourself and you look at your own attitudes and your own behavior and your own complicity. I find that very freeing. And it's not pleasant to see my part and my choices, my attitudes through life, but it is liberating to see that, to recognize it, and then move beyond that. Oh, the places you will go in your mind. One of the things that Alan talked about in this talk was the symbolism that is all around you. He said, you, the, the temptation is to point at whoever the politician is. He said, it doesn't matter. Their names don't matter. Their titles don't matter. The positions don't matter. They're all completely interchangeable one with the other. He said, look and see. See the symbolism all around you, your parliament buildings, your, all of your government buildings, the architecture, the artwork. This was created because he said, culture creation, what does that mean? To culture something is to grow it. So your culture is always being grown for you, and this is true down through time. So when you first start to see things, you, you are in that level one, you might not notice the symbolism, the gargoyles, the black and white checkered floor, the obelisk. And when he was talking about the, the spire of a church, he said the spire of a church is really just an obelisk. And he was talking about the, the generative principle, the creative principle, male, female. He said it's all around you, everywhere you look. That is what the checkerboard is, the yin, the yang, the male, the female. And the, the obelisk, he said you'll often see that in, in front of, say, a, a reflecting pool. The reflecting pool is the female, the obelisk, the male. And when he was talking about that, I, my mind went to Notre Dame Cathedral and the terrible fire that happened on April the 15th of 2019. And Alan talked about that after it happened. He would never say, oh, they did that. He, he wouldn't venture out on a speculative limb like that. But it's highly symbolic. A spire was burned, most of the roof of probably the most iconic Christian piece of architecture in the world. This was burned, and think of the timing, 2019. We're at a turning point, the, the beginning of the kickoff of the next thing. I looked into that a little bit today when that crossed my mind, and I saw a piece that was written, you know, the progress of construction four years later. And the article said, they still don't know what caused the fire. Hmm. Was it a cigarette or was it an electrical fire? And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm not a firewoman, but 
there must be clues. You know, I, d I did just a little bit of digging, and I learned that there are at least five types of extinguishers that are used. So when firemen get to the scene of a fire, they have to assess what they're looking at before they choose what kind of flame retardant they're going to use on the fire. When that fire happened, there was an extensive remodel going on. So many of the priceless artifacts had been removed for that, which is also another interesting thing to consider. And I'm sure that the workmen, since they had all of that exposed woodwork and beams, and it's an ancient structure, would have certainly been cautioned against smoking on the job, but there you go, four years later and they don't know what caused the fire. But what does that spire represent that was burned down, that something like an obelisk, that male phallus symbol? And I was just thinking that it is interesting, the timing now, and, and Notre Dame, Our Lady, and what have we seen under incredible attack for the last several years is Christianity and the woman. I read today there was a sporting event that was for women competing, and some of the women refused to go to the podium when the award was given because the person who won it, the event, was transgender. And so in protest, they just refused to go up to the podium. There are women who are saying this is an attack on us. Is it enough? And I didn't really want to talk about that today. I, I just wanted to talk about symbolism. It is all around us, and it is interesting, and it only needs to make sense to you. What do you see, and what does it mean to you? based on your other observations, your experience, your journey through your life. I was looking at one of the little substacks that I subscribe to today. This is a person who is often criticizing people within the uh, alternate media so sometimes reading the substack can be informative, but sometimes it's just a little bit too uh, much mudslinging and criticism, and it's not interesting because I don't follow things at that level. It's, you know, we only have one life and so much time in a day, and I don't need to know all of that. But he made a point, to my point. He was criticizing one of the alternate players, and he said, there just came a time when I realized that if a person was not aggressively trying to solve this mystery, all of it, then I just had to let them go. I had to discard them as controlled opposition, you know, etc. And I thought, well, if Alan was still here and weighing in on things week in and week out, he would probably be di dissecting his talks in that way and saying, oh, no, he's not aggressively trying to solve this mystery. But to me, that was the beauty of Alan, because Alan always rose above, saw the big picture, and as he said in this talk uh, regarding politicians, it doesn't matter. Their names don't matter. 
And he would be saying the same thing about all the little players and hangers-on of this event that we are going through right now, that we have been through. He would say, does it really matter? Because what you're seeing is your culture changing. This is inevitable. It's always changing. We're always living through great change, but when we begin the journey into being consciously aware of what's going on, it's all of a sudden things are really changing and it's upside down world. But no, it's always that way at any given time in history. And what Alan was saying about the media and the alternate media is that's the beauty of indoctrination. You're going to get the same thing whether you hear it from the mainstream or the alternate, because the alternate is always in dialectic position with the main. And if you can't see outside that, you're always whiplashed back and forth, back and forth. So I leave you with this short little bit from me. I just wanted to put my two cents in, and I mostly wanted to say it's that freedom that I love in Alan's talks, that it's very liberating. And, and I do, I do have to remind myself all the time not to get caught up in the little things, the little players, because yes, I can see this substacker's point. What we have lived through is horrific. But Alan made a point, which he's made many times before. History is a horror show. I think the better use of my time for me is to stay with my own observations and examine my own attitudes from time to time, have a reality check with myself. So the next thing coming up is a little talk with Bruce and Johnny from Dynamic Independence on Wednesday. And the next installment of the Programmed People excerpt series. And Wednesday's edition is Psychic Driving. So thank you all as always and have a good week. Hello, this is Alan Watt and it is November the 30th, 2006. I'd like to talk a little bit about a conspiracy theory. Now, the term conspiracy theory was given to the public to use. And those who are trying to expose things have adopted this without thinking. It's quite interesting how psychology works and how it's known to work. Because I've always stated that if you have the facts, especially the facts that are written about by some of the main players in this grand scheme of things, not about them, but by them, then you have the facts, and you use the facts. Uh, that's not a conspiracy. Now, H.G. Wells said the same thing back in the 1920s. He says, this is an open conspiracy. Uh, even then, they published many, many books about their, their goals, their future, the world planning the organization that would go into it, the kind of future they were going to bring in. And, and it's never changed. That's ongoing. 
and there are many books published by in-crowd type professors, books which are not promoted by the media. They're out there, though, for the public if they want to go through them. Most of them won't because the public are trained like everything else in their tastes. Their tastes are not their tastes. They're given to them, whether it's entertainment or, or book reading, whatever. And if the, if the media doesn't tell you that this is a must-see book, then they won't read it. It's only the oddball here and there, like me, who goes through the dry, dusty books, which are definitely boring, until you, you come across gold in occasional paragraph here and there. But legally, uh, the information has been put out. For those who accept the term conspiracy theorist, they're, they're adapting a term which is discrediting them right off the bat. So I hope people stop using conspiracy theory, the term that the other side would like you to use about yourselves. I get many, many phone calls, and um, I often have to nowadays unhook the phone, because at one time I did literally pay calls non-stop from 7 in the morning till midnight, 1 in the morning. And I wouldn't even have time to eat. And I've stopped that because why kill myself? And it is true that a lot of people will suck you dry. And that's, that's really what a lot of people are there for, is to suck you dry. Others are genuine enough. And, but I can't keep going over the process of waking up to everybody who's starting to wake up because it's too draining on a one and what to one basis and for me it's like coming back from outer space to to see a molecule of dust somewhere uh, something that I'd seen long ago it's it's low level stuff the the popular conspiracy media uh don't help this process because the process works by giving out certain information. If we take the regular media, their job is to give you your thoughts for each day. To stop you thinking for yourself. They give you the topics. They'll give you the answers or, the, or a pretended debate about the outcome. You're guided to a conclusion which is not yours, but you'll accept it, not realizing it's not yours, because you're only given limited information on any topic. And when you try and avoid that kind of media, people tend to look for truth elsewhere. And elsewhere used to be alternative AM or shortwave radio. It's now combined with Internet today. And sure enough, there's lots of them out there. Uh, and all they're doing is, is, when you're trying to skip your downloading from the regular media, you're going over what's in the regular media and the alternative media. Now, the process of indoctrination, it doesn't matter what, who gives you the information to be indoctrinated with or your thoughts for the day, as long as you, you get them. That's the important part. So I tend not to look into shows that go through 
what politician has been put forth to bring out whatever bill because it's irrelevant. These names are really irrelevant. These people are irrelevant. If it wasn't them, it would be another look-alike that would be put in their place to do the same thing. They just happen to be the high masons that are, that are in at the moment and they're given their marching orders and they do it. I liken this, this kind of mentality of the day-by-day -day blows, what's being done to you, as the laboratory. It's like mice in a cage. And every day, at the crack of dawn, they start chattering about, well, what do you think they'll do to us today? And they, they, well, will they inject us? Will they take one of us out and dissect them? Will they put the, the wires in our brains and make us dance? There's a, a, a thousand possibilities, you see. And sure enough, at 8 o'clock in comes the, the white-coated priest. And he starts on his business, and they're charting, what's he doing now? What is he going to do this? Is he going to do that? That's where alternate media has always been at that stage. The chattering about the next blow that's going to be struck, or could be struck, and, and they take every possibility to the extreme almost a, kind of a panic situation and people do get panicked by, by that kind of stuff the sky is always falling every day it's falling and I tell people that here's the important thing when you realize that all you're doing by being terrified and why you're terrified it's because you're reacting to an older way of life, the one you were born into, changing. And really, everything that you thought about that older way of life is more like a Hollywood fiction than a reality. There were no good old days. And the system has always been here. All they're doing is changing their system to make it more efficient for themselves into the next phase. And this has been going on for millennia. We follow history. History is a horror show. A horror show of money from the Middle East, ancient times, being introduced everywhere, and then standing armies following it, recruited by money, kept together by money, taxation, and armies going off to conquer and slaughter and dominate all down through history so that a few men behind the scenes a few families really could benefit from the, the vast wealth of slavery now Charles Galton Darwin said in his book The Next Million Years quite matter-of-factly he spoke the same way as Aldo Huxley spoke and they knew each other very well and Charles Galton Darwin said there has always existed slavery in one form or another we are simply creating a more sophisticated version of it and that has been done you see we are trained now to be good producers dash consumers the terms used at the UN to describe the perfect world citizen your value to the system as long as you're producing within the system and consuming within the system. 
If you're one or the other, you're a bad citizen. You have to be both. That can tell you that as soon as you retire, you're now a consumer. And you're on the bad books. We can tell where it's going to end up with the elderly eventually. It'll be very much like Logan's Run, uh, the, the book and movie, where people will grow to a certain age and, and then go off to be into some sort of tank and you, you've got them smoke and that's you off to Nirvana, the next step, supposedly. That could be done. That could be introduced. Anything, you see, in society, any culture, any belief system can be taught especially when any of it has been done in previous times. Plato said that himself. Now, there's no species on this planet, no species. You've all watched the wildlife species. You're overrun with wildlife species programs and Audubon wildlife and, and all this stuff from insects, sexual nature to, to whatever. Incessant stuff, not there by accident. And you see all these scientists observing and filming and big money going into this. Well, you see, that's nothing because man has been the most studied creature on this planet even thousands and thousands of years ago. Nothing has been studied more than the nature of man, of woman, of children, male, female, down through the milestones as they go from, from childhood to adolescence, and teenager, and so on. This is how perfectly we're understood. And, and the ancient Greeks said this in their own writings. Then, that anything which has been made to happen in the past within culture or was taught as a belief system, can be reintroduced. Because all these things are, are formulas. If you know the formula, the sequence of introduction of a topic, a thing, whatever, you can, you can replay it again, and it will work exactly the same way if it's introduced the same way and followed up the same way. We can see this from the whole New Age movement, planned long ago, written about extensively in the 1800s, and gradually introduced back by big money getting towards the, the earth worship until we are just a, a species on the planet along with the insects and the worms and we have no, now we have no more rights in the worms and that's a biodiversity treaty that was signed so anything can be done to humanity culture itself culture is to grow to grow you culture something when they, they do it in the laboratories for bacterium, they put it in a little petri dish and it grows and they call that the, a culture. You culture it. So culture is grown. Now that means there's a gardener somewhere who grows it. That's the big boys. They give you your culture. We emulate what's given to us without thinking. And culture is plastic. It can be bent-shaped directed into anything that they wish anything at all but it's much easier to reintroduce something 
that's been done before because then it's guaranteed to work. I've talked to many elderly people who've watched and followed the machinations of this agenda for most of their lives. And they often were ardent listeners to, at that time it was a shortwave radio, which had, or was, gave out the alternative news, but it also gave it all the spins uh, and the Christianity side of things. It will overcome, don't worry, God's in control, after it had just terrified you for an hour or so. And again, selling its fear-based products. And what they've all told me is that they've wasted so much time watching senators, congressmen, politicians in different countries introduce bills. They've, they've heard the, the moves to, to write. At first it was writing to your congressman. Then it was um, phone their offices, bombard them with phone calls. Then it was fax. Everybody faxed them, and I was emailing them. And what they've all told me is that nothing they have ever done and all that they've watched and participated in has made no dent whatsoever. The agenda is the agenda. People who are freaking out every day have not really woken up or also fallen into the trap that their country has been taken over by the day when it, it really wasn't theirs to begin with. They haven't realized that. It's hard to let go the, the founding myths that people are given because they want so much to believe that the heroes they have been given uh, were, were genuine. And yet every country has its founding mythologies. They've always given founding mythos for, for building nations which they've always controlled. And to be kept in a, a constant state, a daily state of, of terror is not good for anybody's health and it's not productive. It's not productive. You cannot use this system or beat this system by using the system. The complaints do not work. We've watched that in our own lifetimes. We've watched the European Union come to pass. We watched the people in different countries voting no. They didn't want it. They got it regardless, even when they voted no, the majority of them. And these are, again, must-bees. These are Masonic, high Masonic must-bees. You're going to get it whether you like it or not. That's the thing. As to what's happening today and what's going to happen, and everybody knows it's coming down, with a massive build-up, of internal armies called special police forces. They call them the, the multi-jurisdictional task force. There's a whole bunch of different fancy names they have. And they're interlinked with the military. And many of them in the police force actually go over to these warring countries for practice and then come back to their units at home. This has been going on for years. And the sad truth is but whenever a topic comes into the public's mind, 
it in a sense is, a, is old stuff when you start catching on to something even though the formality the, the open formality of signing some agreement or whatever may yet still be to, to happen the fact is the machinery for it all was set up years ago the bureaucracies, the training was set up years ago um, even the generations growing up, the, the young ones were, were, were indoctrinated into the next phase of what is to be that's why it's, there's no communication between generations. Each one is scientifically updated for what they will experience and change form in their lifetime. And read the old communist speeches on this very technique, because Beria in the Soviet Union gave quite a few talks on this scientific indoctrination of children and the way that they could actually change them at that time, back in the 20s and 30s, they could change the, the indoctrination for change every five years and update it. He said it used to take us a generation 70 odd years to get a change through in society. Now they can do it within five years of intense indoctrination. That's medium bombardment. That's that's teaching at school, that's all that those things combined. Uh, and novels and all the other things that reinforce all of these ideas. Now it's down to pretty well the year. Every kindergarten child going into school is getting taught a little bit more along the agenda than the guy who was in kindergarten last year. These are all preparations for changes for the society that they're going to grow up into. And they will accept them passively because they've been indoctrinated to accept them. We're not dealing with haphazard circumstance here. There's no bumbling fools at the top. And the public catch on, as I say, to what's going on. It's old stuff. Old stuff. A, a good example of the legalities they use to reinforce their system came when or was announced by Bob Ray who was the, the premier that's like the governor of Ontario some years ago and at that time he played the part and I mean it, he played the part of being left of Marx with the NDP party in Canada and sure enough he, when he, his term was over he'd put us four or five times in debt of what we had before and now he's recently re-emerged uh, as a liberal candidate for the leadership. Because they, they don't care about parties. These boys are playing the universal game here. It's, it's a game, uh, really. They, they know what's, there's only one agenda. It doesn't matter what party you, you, you pretend to belong to. But Bob Ray um, had put so many laws into the books and the whole team that worked with them put so many laws into the books, he said, it doesn't matter, he says, now that the NDP was leaving office to make way for the next party, he said it would take them years to unravel this, the legalities, to change any of it. And we have to wonder why. You'd think if you had bad laws, it's a simple matter of just taking out appropriate laws, the files, and tossing them in the, in the fire, you know, where they belong. But we're dealing with a system that you and I are not allowed into 
It's, a, it's like a religion. It is a religion, in fact. They have their own version of things and law, and they have their own meaning of law, again, uh, is of uttermost importance to them. That's why in the U.S. Constitution, they said that, that the people under law, they never explained what they meant by, they never defined law, you'll notice. And they were all masons, of course. We live in a, a topsy-turvy world of Disney. It's a Disneyland. One reality for Joe public, and another reality for those who get into the know. And even those guys don't know too much. They're told all they need to know for their position. They know, in fact, not to ask the wrong questions. One fellow in Canada asked me how he could, ch could check into any Masonic, Masonic doctrine or control of Canada. And I'll answer him now. Look at the Parliament building. Just look at the architecture. That's all you have to start with. In fact, that would keep you going for a long, long time if you got into it. The language on one level, which is all around you, is symbolic. It's all symbols. You won't be taught this is school. You're, you're, in fact, you're taught not to think at school. You're taught to repeat, but not to think. Critical thinking is, is taboo. They probably put you on Prozac today. They don't teach logic in school anymore. They teach uh, socialization processes to go along with the group, groupthink, which is just consensus led by a very well-indoctrinated leader. But start off with parliament buildings in any country, by the way. You'll see the same architectural structure. You'll see the spires, which are just obelisks. Look at the tops of the windows. You'll see the arches. You count them. Everything is part of the Masonic language. It's all around you. Every place has got a, ma a Masonic Lodge under one name or another. And yet it's quiet, isn't it? So quiet. They have all other, the, the, the outward sects all fighting each other. It's the Jesuits. No, it's the, it's the Billy Grahams and, and Protestants. And, and on it goes. And yet amongst every group, here's these little quiet temples where every important member of every board from the school board to the council board to whatever in your area, that's where they all go. That's where they go. That's where they meet. Yeah. And unless you join them, you, you, you won't get inside at, on their meeting nights. When they pull out all their, their jewels, as they call them, and put all the stuff on the floor, the little chessboard, the yin, the yang, the male, the female, the spirit, the earth. There's a completely different world all around you, shown in symbolism. And that is why a mason from any country, without knowing another's language, verbal language, can go into any other country and get the exact same meanings from the architecture, the logos all around them, 
by counting the flutes on pillars in cathedrals, etc. You live in a world where you have been taught, not, not only taught to be blind, you have been blinded. Because a, a child left his own devices without superindoctrination from the parents or the school would ask the right questions. And generally it starts with a simple word, why? Why is that? Etc. The shock of waking up uh, is akin to the meaning that's always existed of being reborn, born again. Because you have to reevaluate everything you've ever thought was true. In fact, you have to reevaluate all of the foundational beliefs that you had, which you kept you standing, basically. The props are gone. You're, you're kind of floating above the floor a little bit, but you're still in level one reality. And the first thing people will do is to grab all the information that's out there and try and download this into people's minds around them. And they sound crazy. And because they are, they're frantic. They're frantic and it's, it shows. They sound crazy about all the things that are happening. And they're telling this to people who are still watching the 6 o'clock news. You can't do that with people and expect to be believed. You have to go cautiously. So don't start to evangelize until you know far, far more than the stage that you're at. Because then comes a form of calmness to deal with this. This has been ongoing for thousands of years. You become calm and you must remember that you can't hit people with a, a hundred problems at once. The human mind is not meant to cope with that kind of problem. They can only deal with one thing at a time. And to ramble all over the map with the sky as falling will just ridicule yourself and ostracize yourself as being crazy. Accept the fact that yeah, change is happening. There's been so many changes within your own lifetime they didn't even notice. Most people alive today have floated through the whole period where the, the general agreement, agreement on trades and tariffs, the GATT treaty, was signed. And it was in between the sports and the soaps and the police dramas and hospital dramas that we watch. And people floated through that it was to do with world trade and who would get the trade in a star chamber court that would decide penalties for nations that broke the rules, etc. And then, of course, we all paid through that GATT treaty the taxpayers of the world paid to have their own factories moved to China. Only a short time ago, Canada and the US, and before that, Britain as well, actually had factories. Yep. They made things themselves. So people have floated through that transfer of, of 
the tooling, the machinery, everything to China, never mind the, the, the years of planning and negotiations of bureaucracies that had dealt with all of this stuff. It didn't just happen. They didn't shake hands and that was it. It took years and years and years of preparation to make that happen. The people have lived and lived through this and seen the, the, the ending of made in the USA or made in Canada until it's made in China. Everything they buy is made in China. And yet those same people didn't think anything strange about it. Why would the capitalist nations, now supposedly capitalist nations, be funding the transfer of their wealth production to a communist nation, its supposed arch enemy. And today, most people have never asked that simple question. Who'd have thought, eh? Who would have thought with the old story about communism versus capitalism, who would have thought that the communists would beat you by using being better capitalists than you are. Hmm? And that the reason is the capitalists and the communists were created by the same group, the dialectical process. And it is more efficient, certainly, in China with a totalitarian government to run a system and stand against all complaints. There's no complaints department in China. You don't complain in China. They're ruthless. And yet here is China, supposedly still communist China, holding the debt of the United States. They hold the mass of debt that the United States owes. They buy all the big bonds. Before that, Japan used to play this game that Japan would hold the debt. It was going back and forth like a yo-yo. Then the U.S. would own Japan's debt and back and forth, etc. Even though Japan, modern-day Japan, was set up during and before, in fact, World War II, it was, it was, it was planned and set up to, to become what it became by people within the United States. It was also propped up. I mean, they, they planned to make it the electronic leader of the world during World War II. And they went in and applied the plan. Hopkins was involved and good buddy FDR. And they had it all laid out. They had a perfect society with its class distinctions that no one questioned and everybody was obedient. A perfect, obedient society who would work for peanuts and give them status because it was status they craved. And very obedient, very hard-working people. And sure enough, they became the leaders in electronics for a while. Nothing happens by chance. FDR himself said that if it happens in politics, it was planned that way. Even the scandals are planned. People generally tell you where they are in their headspace and in their understanding by the questions they ask you. 
and those who are still just hovering above the floor in level one will ask you the same questions. Is there a God? Because they're trying to drag their old paradigm, that which they were used to, into the new paradigm because they want rules, laws, and, re and regulations which their old paradigm was full of, you see. That they want a reaffirmation. And I always tell them, why, or I ask them, why do you ask me that? Because it doesn't matter what I believe. Belief can only be a personal thing if it's based on experience. And it's more important that the questioner answers that question for themselves. And the big scary thing is, well, what if there isn't? Or what if it's not the old guy in the sky, the big father figure, who's going to watch over me? And that's why you, have, you just can't wake up everybody. A lot of people will fall apart completely if you would enter the truth with them. Not everyone can break out of their conditioning in a sense. It's all they know. It's the only reality they've ever known, even though it was fake. It's all they know. And if they haven't started waking up for themselves and at least asked a few pertinent questions, then is it your job to wake them up? Or is it your fear of everything that makes you need to have people around you understanding and knowing what you know? Is, is that a group mentality breaking out in yourself? The world is going through massive changes, always has been. The culture has been turned upside down, not for the first time. Go back to Plato again, he talked about it 2,300 odd years ago. And most folk float through the changes as though it were quite normal. Even though there's chaos within their own lives and all around them, they still think it's normal because they can't think for themselves. They only think what the media tells them to think, like Mr. Kissinger said. And he should certainly know. You can only get peace when you break through all of the old paradigm and don't fall for all the traps which are laid out for you to fall into and always have been laid out for you to fall into when, you, when you're breaking free. Some people become hyper-neurotic because you see religion on the one, apart from dominating your life and regulating it and making you obedient to religion was there to tell you, don't worry, they're there, it'll be all right in the end. And you'll, after this all terrible life, you'll live forever, and the bad guys will get punished. And that's only t the only thing that you can believe in, because you, you, everyone in every nation has seen the corrupt evildoers always benefiting in the system and their families, and, and so they, they, they give you the hope or, or, or the, the reasoning that, that oh, they get punished after, the, after death, you see. And you take their word for it. That stopped you from doing anything about it in this life. You allowed the evil to flourish. 
very clever technique. But once you take that away from someone, uh, they're really floating then and grasping at everything. And because religion also told them, well, don't worry, you'll live forever in a new body or whatever, a spirit or yada yada, depends on which group you belong to. And a lot of people fall into a hyperneurosis. They become hypochondriacal, uh, terrified of dying in this life. And they go out there and, and they start. They, they fall immediately into the health traps, the health foods, and, and all the, the pills that you can stuff your face full of, and exotic things from faraway countries that are supposed to cure everything under the sun. Uh, and then they fall into the new age traps, which and the new age and the health uh, food industry go together. It's all part and parcel of the same, the same new religion. You see designed by the same boys who ran every other system. But they fall into this, this I, I can't die thing. I, I, I just don't want to die. I must keep living. And so if this grass here is better for me than, than, than the porridge oats I've been buying, then if I stuff my face full of this expensive grass from overseas or at the top of the Andes Mountains or somewhere, I'll live forever. And they become hypochondriacal and totally obsessed with health and, and, and almost like religious fanatics with those around them who want to do the same as they do and then they get into the all the other new age stuff that's out there the feng shui and oh energies are coming up and oh my god they're coming through the windows and you know, deflect them all over the place and all these uh, this bombardment by energies is going to finish them off unless they do all the right rituals and they become bound totally bound by a ritualism, ritualistic thinking, and behavior. Again, this is intentional. It was created from the top. Nothing would exist in this system. Nothing. Especially, nothing would definitely be promoted in this system unless it was authorized to be there. And yet, people will say, well, is there no hope? And I tell them, well, it depends how you view the outcome. And traditionally, in the West, because we've been taught groupthink all the time, and we've been taught nationhood and us against them, there's always a them somewhere, we, we've been taught that we all sort of go together and heavenly chariots all together to the same place. And that's all nonsense. It's nonsense. Even in Christianity, I don't think the the one they're founding it after ever said he came to save everybody. Broad was the way that led to damnation. Narrow was the, the, the way for the few to go. And that's there's a, there's a deeper truth there than people realize. And it's an eternal truth, you see. That wasn't the first time that had been written down. In fact, most of the things in the New Testament were all said long before, over and over again, because there are eternal truths built in there as well. The journey that anyone is on is their own life experience, beginning to end. And it's not supposed to be a, a producer-consumer 
experience until you become, for the now term, again, a dehumanizing term, geriatric. You know, it's, 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 it's like calling a baby a fetus. It dehumanizes it. And that's intentional, by the way. But life is supposed to be a, a process of attainment, not by the world standards, which is diplomas and degrees and applauds, but personal achievement. And I tell people about hope. I say, well, if you have truly broken through against the thousands of years of perfected indoctrinations on every generation, and, a, and an even more intense indoctrination, say, in the last hundred odd years, through universal education, which the Masons proudly will tell you in their own writings, they were the ones to push to get the same standardized indoctrination. If you've broken through all of that and your religious indoctrination to give you terror at the thought even of thinking for yourself, if you've broken through all the conditioning, you should, you're so apt to miss a vital thing. That in itself is a miracle. You see, that's the first miracle. That's truly a miracle. And people who have been a little bit awake for some years are so apt to forget that. But they never stop and analyze why they broke through. Why them and not someone else? And it, it, it's because somewhere within the individual is, is the ability to analyze themselves. Every trait of evil and kindness that you see in the world is also held within yourself. There are people in this world who are incapable of looking at themselves critically. They can rationalize and justify anything they do to save their ego. Those are the ones, the, the, the leg boys for the New World Order. Many of the names that you already know. And they can, and although it will sound absurd to the listeners, rationalize death, destruction, and slaughter, and depopulation. So someone who's broken through has the ability to see all of the, those critical things within themselves, possibilities. And that's what it was meant by the, the microcosm. Everything that has happened in the world and can happen the potentials are all within yourself as an individual. So people who have broken through have also had the ability not only to recognize that there was something intensely wrong with everything around them, but they also have the ability to reflect upon themselves. Because how could you possibly scream about the New World Order and what's coming down the pike if you haven't thought out a process of how to steer everything in a different direction. They all want the change. Everyone wants the change, but it's just that they want a leader to do it all for them. 
that again is the groupthink mentality that the West has been totally indoctrinated with. They've never thought out the process of, we know where this is all heading. How should or could it be? And when they, if, they, if they get to that stage, they'll still think in groupthink, like we, us, against them. And you'll find there's just as many of them, the Kissinger types, at the bottom levels of society, scattered through occupations, as there are at the top. Actually, there's more down at the bottom levels. The same traits are showing within them. And there's people that you probably know around you who have those traits. They work for, as petty officials or they're in police or military or something to do with authority because they love authority. And I've been through that in previous talks, the authoritarian figure, the, the pseudo-masochism, the pseudo-masochist is, is, has shows masochistic behavior towards a superior because he craves that power. He worships power. And when he gets it, he is the sadist. He's also the sadist to those beneath him while he's groveling to those above him. The, the, the problem isn't just a small elite at the top manipulating all of this. Yes, they have the power. Yes, they have the agenda. Yes, they have the thousands of think tanks to deal with every possible outcome within society, but they completely depend upon the same personality types as themselves, existing all the way down all the strata, right down to the bottom levels as well. And so there's no clear definition of us or, or, or them. We're dealing with types of personalities here. How many people truly in a week reflect on the, the chaos in the world or the starvation that's happening in different parts of the world or the people getting slaughtered in the Middle East now for the agenda and families getting wrecked and, and, and bombed and shot and by this matter whose side is doing it the doers are the same personality types, pro or, 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 or against. But how many people truly sit and think about these things and, and go off and ponder? Or, or the AIDS sweeping through Africa when we know it was a man-created disease to depopulate? How many people go off for a walk or, or sit in solitude and think about this. See, most people truly want diverted from all of that. Yeah, they'll scream and shout about their own rights getting lost. They'll scream and shout when they, they feel the, the, the force around them getting closer to themselves. So all you're really seeing is a reaction to individuals being touched by the evil that's all around them. It's almost like screaming if someone burns you. In fact, it's very much like that. Whereas, how many of them would be screaming at all if they were not being burned 
it was just everyone else around the planet that was being burned, but to give them a second thought. You see, we're tremendously, tremendously selfish. And people who are screaming out about the New World Order are just screaming because that which is familiar to them is being changed without, without them being considered or even participating in the decision-making. The world has been a hell for a lot of people for an awful, awful long time. We love to think that we're all sane. But what would you call sanity? What is sanity? What is civilization? What is progress? Who defines these things for us? When you stand back and look at most eras down through history, and people look back with nostalgia, they make movies, nostalgic movies, about fictional eight times. And the closest they get to reality is to show you an upper middle class and the little things that absorb them, little dramas they go through under the guise of, of um, fantasy or drama. And yet they never tell you the, the other side of, of the story when the masses of people were suffering horribly in squalor and poverty. We don't want to look at that as too depressing. And that which we will not face will be repeated on every generation until we do say enough, enough. The system we are living in, if we take away all the flags and the banners and the propaganda and the tinsel, this system is anti-human. There's nothing human about it. It's anti-human. It croaks the life out of humanity. It's the epitome of dog-eat-dog dog at all levels. And this is the system we've been taught is the only way to go. And then we wonder, as everyone competes against everyone else as they leave school, they're all trained to compete and run after the carrots and elbow everybody else out the way as you try to grab that carrot. That's called civilization. No, no, this is anti-human behavior. So why would anyone want to save it? The system is corrupt, always was. In a monetary system, you can never get anything else but corruption. Well, that's all for me for now. May your God go with you.